In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I really enjoy these shows. So another cracking guest on, another great topic. Can't wait. This was the guest that you really, really were super impressed with when he came on last time. A bit of a uh, rough diamond in the grass, is it called? I don't know. Anyway, we're here with diamond Kyle in the Kelly. <laughs> Kyle, how are you, mate? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on, as always. No worries, Carl. We're really impressed with your uh, last show, so uh, we wanted you back on. That's good. That means I'm trying to do something, right? (laughs) And guys, you can't see this, but Kyle is wearing sunglasses, so it must be really sunny in Cleveland at the moment. It is. It's pretty bright out. Sun is shining. Uh, No clouds in the sky. It feels like a spring day. It doesn't even feel like winter, so... I know Groundhog Day was yesterday. I don't even know if we saw a shadow or anything like that. But overall, I'm sitting in my car. Windows are down. Uh, it, it's pretty beautiful weather. So to back Carl up, I've got my uh, Ray-Bans on. Jack, where are your sunglasses? My sunglasses are in the car, so it's freezing outside. I'm not going outside to fetch them. Excellent. <laughs> well, look, today we're talking about the linebacker room, Okay. So um, we're on to our next position room as we do the three-year breakdown. So we're looking at next three years ahead, who's on a roster, who stays, who might be cut, who um, we might be looking to replace, and then we'll do the free agents after it. But um, no, we'll kick it off. The first name, straight out the doors, Jamie Collins. He's got two years left at 11.75 and 13.75. But um, it's a 2.5 million if we cut him this year and uh, 1.25 million the year after. Uh, I'm guessing everyone's in pretty much agreement that he's getting cut. Yeah. Um, if you look at Jamie Collins' uh, contract, you know, you mentioned he's a free agent in 2021, but he does have a potential out in his contract this year. will only create uh, 2.5 million dead cap space. Uh, the contract that he was given, it doesn't really warrant uh, his play that we've seen on the field. He's made a couple big plays uh, throughout the year, but uh, pretty much the, he he just doesn't deserve the money, he, the money he's making. He's a little bit on the older end, and uh, the Browns are starting to transition to to this uh, younger team. And uh, when you got a guy like Jamie Collins who's making that much money and not producing, uh, it, it the choice pretty much seems obvious to, to move on from him at this point in time. And uh, look towards drafting a linebacker within the top three rounds of this year's draft. Jack, I want you to break it down into real simple terms for me, mate. What is he going to cost us if we keep him? And if we lose him, what's it going to cost us? So if we keep him, it's 11.75 million. If okay. we get rid of him, it costs us 2.5 million. Um, for me, here's a question I'm going to throw out there. He's not going to probably be open for a restructure and re-signing, but what number would you say you'd have to get him down to to want to keep him? I think if we could get a deal in the five to six million range, I'd happily keep him. I know it's not going to happen, but just to 
sort of have a discussion on where we think his value is at. Kyle? You know, in the NFL, you, I, I, I just I feel that for um, players that usually get these big paydays um, in free agency or a couple years before, you don't typically see restructured deals. And, you know, every once in a while you'll see it with the quarterbacks and uh, a couple of the guys that are re- real team players. And I just don't really see that with Jamie Collins. I don't. I, w- I would place his value at about a six or seven million a year. But I don't, you know, with Jamie – with Jamie Collins, he got paid. I doubt he's going to want to restructure his deal and lose up to four million a year. I think that, um, yeah, he's got a better chance uh, the Browns moving on from him and him hitting the open market and, and testing a new team. Yeah. So next name we'll jump onto is Christian Kirksey. Um, he's got he's contracted through all three of them years. So. Um, 2019 is 8.2 million with a 10.6 million if we're going to cut him. Um, 2020 is um, is 10 million and 2.4 million if we cut him. Um, and 2021 is 10.45 million with 1.2 million if we decide to cut him. So he's definitely going to be here next season. Um, for me though, I'm going to say he's definitely cut after this season unless his play dramatically improves. Kyle. You know, I will have to disagree there. Uh, you know, it, Christian Kirksey, he had that season-ending injury this year, so he wasn't available on the field for, for, a, for a lot of the year. But uh, when you look at guys that are kind of cornerstone players of this Browns team, I know Christian Kirksey was a big piece um, to this team. I, he's, he's a tremendous leader. He's probably one of the most vocal guys on the team, as you guys uh, – I'm sure you guys kind of watch Hard Knocks. And that, that was uh, pretty clear on Hard Knocks that, you know, he was kind of the voice of this team, especially on the defensive end. Uh, he's been a captain for multiple years now. Uh, he's going to be making about 7 or $8 million over the next couple of years. It's a little on the higher end. But uh, when you got a guy like Christian Kirksey, uh, I don't – you know, depending on how he comes back from injury, I, I'd really – he's a guy that I wouldn't mind keeping around on this team. I – and yet again, I, I think that it's okay to draft linebackers high in the draft this year and uh, kind of develop them, see where it goes. But uh, just looking forward, I, I would like to see Chris, uh, Christian Kirksey around for the next two or three years. And I would say I'd probably be a little bit more surprised if they moved on, uh, moved on from him after the 2019 season. Yeah, I think um, with a new manager coming in place or new coach, Things are going to change, different schemes. He needs a um, fair chance with a new coach to see how he's going to play in that new formula. And I think he's going to, um, he's going to be quite safe at least for another year. I just think well, he's definitely got one year in the bag because you're not going to cut him for 10.6 million. Um, he's cheaper to keep. His play last season wasn't good. Um, I'm, even just the part of the season he did play in. For me, I just I can't see him here long term. Obviously, hopefully he goes back to the height of being a really, really good linebacker, but there's a long way to go to justifying ten million a year. Um, so I think he's definitely one of them that might be gone next year. Um, well, Jack Jack, this is not a doom and gloom podcast, mate. Come on, let's be a bit more positive. <laughs> you want positive? We'll give you the next name. Joe Schobert. One year left, um, 900 grand. Um, 
I would be shocked if we get into week one and there's not already an extension done. What say you? You know, I'm going to be honest. I Joe Schobert is a guy that has been – his development as a Brown has just been absolutely tremendous. Uh, his rookie season, he kind of looked like a guy that maybe didn't exactly fit on an NFL defense. He looked like more of a, a contributor on special teams. And he comes in year two and he makes tremendous strides. He, he's top five in the NFL in tackles. He makes the Pro Bowl. And it, the strides he made from year one to year two were outstanding. And that's a really positive thing to see. I love to see when rookies jump from that year one to year two and they improve. You know, that's a really strong sign. And that's what I'm kind of hoping for uh, with Baker Mayfield, even though he was outstanding this year. And I know that's a whole nother talk for another day. But, you know, going back to Schobert, uh, with the money he's making, he's an obvious lock on the roster. I think the Browns will definitely work um, to give him a contract extension. This year, I, w- I would absolutely say that if they move on from Jamie Collins, that Joe Schobert receiving a contract extension would absolutely be in the works. Uh, this is a guy that's going to be uh, a free agent, I believe, after this year. Um, this will be his fourth year upcoming uh, in 2019. So usually with the rookie contracts, with those guys in the second, third round, uh, it- it's always a four-year contract. And uh, so that would make Joe Schobert a free agent this year. And obviously that's a guy the Browns don't want to lose. And I think absolutely they worked to uh, give him a contract extension. I like something around and, you know, like the seven or 8 million range per year. I, I probably think they tried to upload it heavy towards the front end of his contract. They give him about, uh, you know, maybe 9 million a year in the first two years. And uh, as, as the years go down on the contract, that starts to decrease a little bit, or they could even do it the opposite way. But, uh, you know, the po- point being made that I definitely see Joe Schobert being on this Browns roster for for a long time. Yeah, I think whatever he wants, we're going to pay him. I, I can't see uh, he's one of our most dedicated linebackers out there and he's a, a great ambassador for our club. So the next name up. Um, I don't see him playing linebacker unless it's just injury cover, etc. Um, Gennard Avery, um, 650,000 this year, 730 next year, and 820 the year after. For me, I'd much rather see him as a, a full-time defensive end um, and then packaged in a linebacker in a, a few different options and whatever they're looking at. You know, with Jannard Avery, uh, talk about a guy that just had an outstanding rookie season. Uh, Fifth-round guy from Memphis. When he was picked, uh, there was a lot lot of uh, positive, positive remarks about when Avery came to the Browns that uh, there was no way this guy should have fell to the fifth round. He was more of a, you know, a, a low-end third-rounder, extremely high fourth-rounder. And John Dorsey pretty much got a seal with Avery. Uh, he was thought of really highly about uh, around the the draft, uh, the draft media guys, and it was a little bit of a surprise that he slipped and fell. And the Browns pretty much got a steal. Uh, when you look at this year's draft with the uh, just pass rusher position in general, uh, Jannard Avery was probably the second best pass rusher um, in this draft. Coming, out, he played a little bit of DN, outside linebacker for the Browns. Uh, that's where they like him, and he fit in quite well there. I mean, outside from Bradley Chubb, he was probably the the top uh, you know pass rusher here uh, in terms of rookie players, and his development was outstanding. And 
he's a guy that the Browns really have to be excited about moving forward. A guy that can kind of complement Miles Garrett. I think it'll be interesting to see what Steve Wilkes uh, does with him this year in this defense. Uh, does he play more uh, from a second point or a two point stance, or do they they put him down in a three point stance? And they, that that could all be uh, uh, discussed. But I think I like uh, you know Gennardi being in an upright stance, coming off the edge, and you know he he proved that he played really well last year for the Browns and for a team that didn't really have a lot of pass rushing productivity outside of uh, Miles Garrett, who, who was outstanding this season, uh, Junard Avery w- was a pretty, pretty big bright spot and a, and a decent surprise for the Browns this season. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. The question for you, Jack is, do you think he's got more chance to get more snaps at linebacker versus defensive end? Well, the trouble is his coverage skills aren't great. So if you're going to use him as a linebacker, that's a weakness to your defense. Um, you can use him as a pass-rushing linebacker. But for me, it's, it's not a valuable position. I'd, I want linebackers there that can cover because it just shows you're basically going to pass-rush him from a linebacking position if he's on the field. So for me, I, I would just full-time move him straight in and um, obviously, you're going to come up with packages where you have a three-man front and odd things like that. But um, he can get involved with there. But for me, now he's just stick him in the D end room and let him focus all of his attention on becoming the best pass rusher that he can be. Because um, he's not he's not going to protect the run. But at the end of the day, the run's not important. Get him focused on pass and just dial him up. So if we look over to free agents, and just before we get into it, I just want to talk about. Um, Zach Moore um, has done some studies and looked at pieces based on the productivity of linebackers moving forward. And he found very similar to running backs. They have a shorter career and their quality of play can fall away earlier with age. So I'd always be wary about investing long-term into a linebacker. Obviously, you can pick up, a say, a 26, 27-year-old free agent and give them a two, three years but I wouldn't be giving them the big four, five-year deal um, because they're probably going to fall off the uh, floor anyway. So, um, no, there's some names out there. Um, does anyone want to spend big and throw some names around? Uh, for me personally, I, when it comes into free agency in general for the Browns this season, I, I, don't, I don't want them to be big spenders because uh, when, when you look at moving forward, some of the cornerstone pieces – of this team, you know, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward. Uh, these guys are going to be needing contract extensions as well. And we're talking about Patrick Mahomes making $200 million possibly <laughs> at the end of next year when they rework his deal and give him an extension. And quite frankly, Baker Mayfield could exceed that or especially make close to that. So you're going to need a lot of cap room. And typically, the big spenders in free agency, they never work out. Very rarely do guys that make a lot of money in free agency uh, typically pan out in the NFL uh, in the long run. You may get a a good uh, one or two years out of them, but when it comes to free agency, there's a reason these guys are hitting the market. Yeah, they're good, solid players for their respective teams, but if they're really good players, there's there's a reason – or. You know, if they're really good players, their team is going to do whatever they can to keep them around. And uh, with some of the linebacker names that are out there, the, the C.J. Mosleys and 
Uh, I know Anthony Barr is set to be a, a free agent. These are guys that if they don't come back to their teams, they're going to get a pretty big payday. And with the Browns, I think that uh, with what they have in their room right now is not, is not extremely outstanding. But you have Joe Schobert, Christian Kersey in that room, and you can build around those two guys. Uh, this, this year's draft class isn't extremely strong in terms of linebackers, but, you know, th- there's no reason that you can't draft linebacker uh, within the first couple rounds of the draft this year and, and kind of bring them in and, uh, you know, develop them alongside Schobert and Kirksey. And when it comes to free agency, in terms of a couple guys that uh, will make, you know, kind of the low-end money or – uh, Manti Teo, uh, you know, he was inactive for a couple of games this year for the Saints. But I loved him out of Notre Dame. I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, and he really hasn't been able to find his mark in the NFL. And, you know, even a guy like K1 Alexander, he's set to be a free agent. He'll probably get a, some decent cash. And uh, when you look over to the outside linebackers, it's a lot more of, uh, I guess, uh, of a pretty group, I guess you could say. You got K.J. Wright and Thomas Davis, but Thomas Davis is really up there in age. And, uh, you know, just overall, my gut feeling is that I like the Browns that kind of develop in the draft and, uh, you know, kind of use free agency more as a, as a depth type of thing and and not more so of, you know, finding guys that are going to be starters on your team and, unless it's the right deal at the right price. And, you know, sometimes that's that's pretty difficult to find. Jack, question for you. What do you think Anthony Barr will cost a year? Um, I reckon most of these linebackers are going to go for about 10 a year. Um, so, And Kyle, how would you feel if we got Anthony Barr on a one-year deal for 10 million? Would it be horrible? It, it, it would not be bad at all, but I just think the chances of that are, are very slim. I think when you see a guy like Anthony Barr hitting the, the open market, I, I think that he, he would probably make more of a four-year uh, you know, $38 million to uh, $45 million, uh range in terms of his contract. And it, when you got a guy like that in the open market uh, with his age, he's not uh, extremely old. I, uh, he's only 26 years old. He's set to be 27 in a couple months here. And, you know, he's still fairly young. And, you know, he's probably got a, a solid – uh, four years in them, and when you got a guy that age and that caliber, typically, um, if they hit free agency, I, I think a three, four-year deal probably be more likely. And I, I would be uh, very, very surprised if a team uh, was able to steal Anthony Barr for just one year. Okay. So, um, yeah, my view is if if you grab someone like a Teo or someone like that as sort of a a cheap debt relatively cheap depth option you're keeping Kirksey you're keeping um Schobert you keep say Tanner Vallejo draft say someone in the third someone in the fifth roughly um and that's your six that's a really solid six um and then hopefully one of them third and fifths really develop and um can give you that long term um and then yeah you just look at playing less linebackers and more uh, nickel corners and nickel linebackers Jack, do you think we'll go with six linebackers in the roster next year? Um, I don't know what Wilkes wants to do. No one knows. Um, it's hard to judge on anything because he was put in two very unique positions with um, having three insanely good linebackers at Carolina. So he had to play three linebackers um, to 
it was a mixture of here, there, and everywhere when he was in um, Carolina, uh, not Carolina, um, Arizona Cardinals. So it's interesting. Uh, th- there's some options on how we move forward. It's just going to be interesting to see uh, what the room looks like when it's done. Yeah, with my wish list, I went with Bar. Any names there, Jack, that you would like? Um, I would prefer to stick away from the big names, um, a linebacker, because of the um, mortality rate of the position. So, yeah, Teo works for me, but it's just finding that sort of depth signing that somewhere in sort of the one to three million range, I'd say, if you can add one of them with low um, guarantees, because then if you want to cut them at the end of camp and you find someone better um, who's a draft pick, then fantastic. Excellent. When it comes in the terms of draft picks, uh, being a Notre Dame homer, two guys I really like that played linebacker, outstanding well, outstanding um, for the Irish, and guys that you could probably find on the late third and beyond is uh, Trayvon Coney and Drew Tranquil. They, they were both outstanding for the Irish, and those are two guys that I would love to see in Cleveland, and uh, you know, especially Coney. You can play both a little, little more on, on the outside and an inside, and for Drew Tranquil, he, he's primarily an inside linebacker guy. and But, uh, you know, when it comes in terms of the draft, it's, it's not a not an outstanding year for linebacker. Uh, but those are two guys I think would be great value picks that could find their way in Cleveland. Excellent. Two names to watch out for. Hopefully. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Plug yourself, Carl. Where can people find you? Well, um, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at by Kyle Kelly. You can also read my works on brownswire.com and waitingfornextyear.com. Uh, both those links are in my bio on Twitter. So thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. It's always great to talk some Browns. Yeah. No, that's excellent. Thank you very much for your time, Kyle. So, guys, here's an emergency bit of cover because we recorded the show and then within a few hours, the Browns went and cut uh sorry waved Tana Vallejo so we've sort of we've cut the bit out of the show where we were talking about his role on the roster and everything else obviously comes with no dead cap so he's gone didn't cost us anything um but it does change it and then the other bit of news that uh, didn't happen at the time but has come out since is Joe Schobert gets a very nice pay rise so he's now just over the two million mark and that is due to something that they call it's the proven performance escalator. And it's basically where a player has played so many snaps as a um, player that was drafted between the third and seventh round. Um, if you play so many snaps in your first three years, then you get an increase um, in your fourth year to basically compensate you for the fact you've had poor pay, uh, poor pay but you've been a uh, solid contributor. Excellent. So Tanave. Go, 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 gone. <laughs> That's one way of putting it, Paul. But um, no, so who knows where that leaves us with the room. If you're sort of potentially looking at, say, Schobert, um, a, th- a third round pick, a fifth round pick, they might leave Avery in there for some of the snaps. Um, we could might go out and pick up a free agent or they might see someone in Ray Ray Armstrong or another one that they just want to keep around as a, a special teamer. New DC, could we see Kindred or Peppers coming into the mix? We certainly could. Um, I would love to see us play two um, linebackers much more often and see more nickel and dime packages. Um, if, if you'd give me 
is shot again and said, look, could we have worked with defense if we'd have, rather than taking Ward, traded back and added um, Derwin James and have James and Peppers either side of Randall with Schober and, say, Kirksey in as linebackers. <sighs> That sounds like a dream team there, Jack. That would be pretty meaty. Obviously, you'd need some more support on the outside, um, but it, it might be an option we go with, and I'd have no issue with a double strong safety. So you've got no issue with spending all that money on that dream setup? Well, it, it wouldn't be money. It would have been a uh, trade pick, so rather than drafting Denzel Ward last year, you'd have traded back um, and probably taken him with uh, maybe one of the Bills picks you got. Maybe you got their first round and... Um, then their first round this year, but that's different options out there. But it wouldn't surprise me if we, if you have say, um, Peppers playing a slightly different role next year, um, and nearer to the line of scrimmage, and then you can mix it up because you can easily sort of drop one forward, one back. There's a few different options you can have out there, but um, it it's going to be interesting to see. At the end of the day, I've said judge Steve Wilkes on two things: if we're below average for the amount of time we've had three linebackers out there and we're um, above average um, for sorry below average for the um, amount of times we've blitzed I want to get our team so we can rush with four line uh, four D linemen and we can only have two linebackers out there we will be a much better team on defense this time excellent